allowing man to have his free will is one thing. Causing is different. And Jesus even steps into that pain with you. You are not alone. God's heart broke for you. Just like it broke for me. Hey friends, you're listening to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. This week, we're continuing with part two of a message Victor gave coming out of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, about abiding by the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind despite the obstacles that we may face in this world. Through personal testimony and scripture, Victor shares how God can enter into our pain and use these traumas to shape us into the person he ultimately created us to be. You'll want to listen in to this entire episode. So here's Victor Marks on power, love, and a sound mind. You know how much our world would be different? There wouldn't be the abortions. There wouldn't be the STDs. There wouldn't be the kids who feel rejected. And every troubled youth who's been abused and craziness, he would be at home with a dad who loves him. And a five-year-old boy would have never been sexually assaulted and left in a commercial cooler for dead. And that was me. I don't speak out of some ivory tower. I speak out of pain that God has entered into and helped me and shown me that I'm loved and I'm valued just like you are, every one of you. He came to set the captives free, and so many times the enemy just builds the cage, but we step into it and shut the door because we believe his lies. And Jesus says, come on. I got better for you. You can trust and obey him. The fear messed me up most of my life. Why? I was dunked in a tub till I passed out, only to have my stepfather. I woke up to him breathing in my mouth on that cold bathroom floor, dripping wet, and him saying, Boy, don't you ever forget I'm the one who gives you life. Or the fact that I hold the world record for the fastest gun that's on Somebody puts a pistol to my head, pulls the hammer back, and their finger on the trigger. With my hands down, I can snatch the weapon, pull the magazine out, and point it back at him in eight-tenths of a second. I just had a Delta Force guy email me and say, Victor, I had to rewind that thing because I blinked. But you know what's greater than doing it is to let you know the reason why. What drove me to that? A stepfather, when I was seven years old, put a pistol to my head hammer back, finger on the trigger, and I could see the rounds. He would tap me to the side of my head and say, boy, if you ever tell anybody what I've done, I'll blow your brains out and tell the police you shot yourself accidentally. Those are lies that I call lies based in reality. And those are the hardest ones to dig out. Hmm? And people say, you know, the hardest question, because... You know, I said, well, if your parents were messed up, but one of my, my stepfather who did all the craziness, he went to prison. And then he escaped. And he fled the country, and they never caught him. He was on the NBC Nightly News with Tom Brokaw. We were like, hey, there's our daddy. <laughs> Eighth grade was the best three years of my life. 
No. Or what about my other stepfather, 15 years old, I find out, and I'm insecure as all get out, but, but I'm going to stand up against him because he's the next guy in the house. And uh, he saw I had crazy eyes. Like, uh, so he, he opened the back door of the trailer. He said, boy, get in my face again. I'll take you outside. I'll beat you like a man. You won't be a man. I'll beat you. And I was so angry. I knew I couldn't whoop him, but I know I'm going to hit him one time. <laughs> Maybe we're walking down the steps. And then I'll take my shellacking. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. That the beating is worth getting a hit in. It's a horrible lifestyle to have that much of your heart sealed off and hard. God never designed us for that. You know what I tell young men and young ladies? There's a difference between being tough and hard. I just told a ranger today. I said, man, when you're deployed, I said, you don't have to hate the enemy to kill him. That's a heavy concept, but for those who have to take a target out that would kill innocent people, that's something they need to hear. I speak to, I speak to vets all over the country in active military. Don't let hate make you hard. It's not how God designed you. He designed you to be loving, peaceful. Does that make sense? I'm going to tell you something right now. The things that God has shown me in the area of, of forgiveness has been the biggest, I'll say, weapon in my arsenal. Because being able to forgive has set me free in ways I can't even begin to explain. But it took seeing God's hand and his faithfulness. But you know one of the hardest questions I ever asked God? And it was a counselor that asked me. Yeah, I see a counselor. I've seen a counselor. I've seen one 123 times. I've been on all them drugs, Depakote, Depakine, Prozac, Zoloft, Lithium, Buspar, some more. I started doing drugs in the sixth grade. <laughs> it's funny when you hear psychiatrists say, young man, your brain will never fully function because of the acute trauma you've experienced. And in my small night like yourself, I said, well, my brain never functioned anyway. <laughs> Keep paying your student loans, doctor. I'm so glad that there's this. That when man says it's impossible, God says, not with me. Not with me. Romans 12 says, don't be conformed to this world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a daily thing for me. And I don't mind being on a short lease because it keeps me close to the Lord. But he doesn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And one of the things that, one of the hardest questions I ever asked, but God, that counselor asked me, he said, well, hey, Victor, if God is so good and he loves all the little children of the world, why did he let you get hurt so bad? And I told him, shut up. And man, I, I mean, I started getting uncomfortable. I said, shut your mouth right now. He said, why don't you ask him? I says, I, you know. Listen here, God, God does love the little children. It's just, it's the ones in Ethiopia that he was attending to. So what if I got beat or electrocuted or whatever? I survived. There's other, he said, I don't think that's the truth, Vic. Why didn't he help you? Where was he? He said, ask him. He just may tell you. 
It took me two years to have the courage to ask God, where were you? And when I did, it changed my perspective. It changed my thinking about God. In a particular instance that God showed me, I remember seeing it so clear. I was in the room of my stepfather, laying on the bed, degraded by it, just laying there in my underwear, with my arms stretched out. He pulled out a belt, and he's got a beer, and he's going to whoop me for no good reason. And the way he would hit us, he would hit you, bam, and he'd wait. He'd wait for all those tight muscles. As a kid, you're anticipating the next hit. He'd wait for you to relax. And then he'd hit you again. And you'd tense up. And he'd wait. Because all he wanted to do was break your mind. And I said, God, where were you? Lord, where were you? And I saw the room. And I saw me. And I saw my stepfather holding that beer. Every, all the senses and sights. and I could see it. I even saw the green shag carpet. That's traumatic enough right there. <laughs> I saw the window, the bathroom, the closet. I said, where were you, Lord? And then I saw an image of, of the Lord appear right between me and my stepfather. And my heart jumped with joy. I said, yes. Touch his heart now. Blow his, blow his heart out. Make him die before he hits me. But if that would have happened, that would not have been truth. That would have been my own fantasy. What happened next was truth. As my stepfather rode back to hit me, Jesus stepped in between us. Facing me, I saw him kneel gently, and he placed his body on top of mine. And his body meshed into me right before I got hit. And every hit I got, Jesus took the hardest part. And gave me the leftovers. That's love. Allowing man to have his free will is one thing. Causing is different. And Jesus even steps into that pain with you. You are not alone. And God's heart broke for you. Just like it broke for me. Don't blame God. You blame the wickedness of man. And the father of evil the father of lies. One of the things I know that keep people from really coming to the relationship with God and them saying, I'm not going to forgive because real forgiveness is giving up your right to hurt someone for hurting you. And look, gals, one in three girls will be sexually molested by the time she's 18. One in three and one in five boys. It is an epidemic. You can trace so much of addictions and divorce and violence back to that. And that's why I'm out to help stop it. Evil does exist. And I know a lot of men who say, I'm never going to forgive that person who done wrong or done my loved one wrong. Matter of fact, if I get to them, I'll crack them. But I'm here to show you right now, no evil deed ever goes unpunished. And if a person doesn't respond to the goodness of God through the cross of Jesus Christ, they will stand before him in judgment and receive the penalty due of their wickedness. Every person. It is a cross alone that makes us justified from our sin because of Jesus Christ's blood that was shed. So you can trust God's exact perfect judgment that is eternal on those who have done you wrong or those you love. 
a friend of mine who's a special operator and one of the best man hunters I know. We watched my film together, and he, he started snot crying. I was like, what's up? He said, man, I never told anybody this. He said, I never told anybody this, but he goes, I was horribly abused, lived in foster care homes, and he said, man, I'm, I'm just, he said, but I did allow God to take my drivenness for revenge and turn it to protecting the innocent. And he said, Vic, you've been a, a friend. He said some nice things to me, but he said, I want you to have this. I, was just, I said, have what? He said, let me get it. He went down the basement. I was like, basement? That makes me nervous right there. And then he brought this back and he put this towel on the table and he said, I want you to have this. I said, thank you. <laughs> this is a tile. And he laughed. He said, yeah, but he said, I took it out of Osama bin Laden's headquarters in Afghanistan after we bombed it. And I want you to have it. And then he showed me a picture of him in his ruck gear, all, all suited up, smiling, holding it. I said, this is mine. <laughs> and I jokingly, you know, I told him, man, I'm honored. Thank you, brother. And uh, I said, well, if the ministry gets low on money, I know I can put that on eBay. <laughs> and then he said, you'll never hear the drone hit your car. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? He said, um, God will get exact justice. You can trust him. But he calls us to forgive. And I'll tell you, I'm going to close with this. I don't like telling my story. I honestly don't. There's a whole lot of things I could be doing easier. I could be in the corporate world. I could be strictly work speaking on corporate events. I had somebody fly me out. They, they said, we'll, we'll fly you on a private jet and pay you $15,000 to speak for 20 minutes. I said, hey, you can't buy me. I'm not about the money. I'm about the message. What time y'all want me there? Hey, I got to get money for the ministry somehow. Them juvenile prisons ain't paying us. And we got another mission. And I will ask y'all for prayer before I close with this story. But please pray for us. We've been invited and asked at the highest levels you can imagine to go into a Muslim country and reach their abused kids on a large scale and actually do a documentary film exposing the abuses of children and the effects of trauma in the Muslim world. And, uh, yeah, I, right now we've even got it lined up. I don't know if it'll work, but we've got lined up to, to interview a known terrorist who's with an organization to explain why he turned violent because of abuse from his childhood to show the connection. It's heavy. I mean, it's so heavy that I just, I've got a, uh, we're working on a security detail with some former Delta Force operators to get me in and out like a military operation. Insertion, extraction, protection, get out. And we don't even know the blowback once that film hits. And I knew know this, the Lord asked me, are you willing to give up your life for the gospel? And I worked through it, and believe me, there ain't nothing super sane about me. I was like, <laughs> hmm. 
But I said, all right, Lord, if that's if just, are you willing? I said, yeah, I'm willing because I need to be willing before I go over there. I can't operate in fear. And then I had to talk to my wife and I said, honey, are you willing to become a, a widow for the gospel if it comes to that? And my dear bride started crying for about 30 seconds. <laughs> and she wiped her tears and said, this is the exact words. Well, how long are we here on earth anyway, babe? I was like, wow, that's pretty heavy. <laughs> Sparta! She's like, come back with your shield or on it, babe, but go advance the kingdom of God. God called me and told me. He didn't call me. I mean, it was like, oh, I got a text, rather. No, uh, you read his word. It's like getting texts from God, amen? You're like, <laughs> But he said, you need to find your stepfather, the one that abused you, and you need to forgive him to his face. He had gone to prison. He, he's the one that escaped. He actually turned himself in. He did all of his time, and I did find him. And I, oh my gosh. And he tried to intimidate me as a man. Because the last he seen us, I mean, as kids, we escaped through a window of the house because he had a gun. We were hiding in a closet. And there I am facing him. He tries to intimidate me. I said, that ain't going to work. I'm a full-grown man. I ain't no kid in a closet. I'm a Marine. I'm a master martial arts. (laughs) I can see you just had open heart surgery. I said, your first scar. Well, I can unzip you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, like you never have Old Testament thoughts. Come on. <laughs> it ain't all New Testament around here. But God gave me the opportunity to be with him as he was dying. I actually brought him to the hospital. He was dying. He was dying fast. The doctor said he don't have long. And and I I told him, he's laying in bed. I said, now, you know you're dying. I don't know how many days you have, but I said, when you die, you are going to hell. You've rejected Jesus Christ all your life. But he still loves you enough to send me to tell you that. I said, can I read scripture to you? He said, you go ahead if you want, boy. And I'd come in every day, my wife, we, and I'd read scriptures to him about Jesus and the cross and forgiveness. And he'd never say nothing. And then the last night before I'd never see him anymore, I woke up about four in the morning. And I can't explain it outside to say it's supernatural. And I started praying for his salvation. Really praying, interceding beyond me. And I got down on my knees and I started weeping. Begging God to save that man's soul because his body was gone. My wife prayed with me and I couldn't believe it because I know me. And I went in the next day, he had a new nurse and he's laying there in bed. He barely talked and he said, hey, nurse. He said, hey, this this is my son. This is my boy. He said, I'm proud of him. I never heard them words in my life. He said, "He, he, he became a preacher man. He said, the only one out of any of us. Uh, uh. He said, he'd been worried about my eternity, but he don't have to worry no more. He said, I made it right with God last night. 
It was such a holy moment. The nurse walked out of the room graciously, and I said, well, God, certainly it's all happened. I can see now why you brought me back into this man's life. What do you want me to say? Because I'm done. It was very simple. The Lord said, tell him you love him. I said, Dad, I love you. He looked up at me. He said, boy, I love you too. It felt good. I'm not going to lie to y'all. It felt good. I never heard any words from him. Even though he was a stepdad to me, he was the only dad I knew as a kid. Not only he did get free, I got free too. And so can you. And you know what? Remember that dad that rejected me? He was actually the one that wrote me a letter when I was 20 in the Marine Corps saying he was sorry for never being a dad. My biological dad. And he told me he got born again. He got saved. God touched his life. And when I got married, he was my best man in the wedding. Only God can do that. What can he not do in your life? Please listen to this poem by Russell Kelfer. You are who you are for a reason. You're part of an intricate plan. You're a precious and perfect unique design called God's special woman or man. You look like you look for a reason. Our God made no mistake. He knit you together within the womb just what he wanted to make. The parents you had were the ones he chose. And no matter how you may feel, they were custom designed with God's plan in mind. And they bear the master seal. Know the trauma you faced wasn't easy. And God wept that it hurt you so. But it was allowed to shape your heart so that into his likeness you'd grow. You are who you are for a reason. You've been formed by the master's rod. You are who you are, beloved, because there is a God. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time, 